Hi. Welcome to Surviving on Wine and Cast Words. I'm Emily. And I'm Charlotte. And before we get started, a quick trigger warning for discussions of childhood sexual abuse, sexual abuse, sexual assault, domestic abuse, and emotional abuse. All right. Okay. It's underway. It's done. So. We've been through Christmas. Uh, I We've been know. through New Year's. And I tell you, I'm, I'm going to start the show by saying this. I couldn't be more thankful to you. And what you mentioned a few weeks ago about the winter, uh-huh. that you just need to rest. You need to give yourself a break. I have tried to give myself a break the last few weeks. And, well, that's good. And I think it's helped. I'm glad that we're back in here recording again. Yeah. Yeah. So how was your Christmas? Well, my Christmas was good. Yeah. Um, Mine was know, pretty like, good. We both worked nights mm-hmm. Christmas. We got a couple hours Christmas, Christmas morning. Uh-huh. So. so we got off work Christmas e- Christmas Day. In the and morning. then we saw each other and then we both went to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stayed up a little later than I should have because I had to go back to work Christmas night. Yeah. But somebody's got to keep the power on. Yep. So we so do what we do. Somebody's got to take care of all those sick people. Oh, that's right. We've got things to do. So that's Christmas in a nutshell. We had a Christmas party a long time ago, which meant it just was kind of downhill and all the Christmas decorations were getting old. And then we roll into New Year's. New Year's. How was your New Year? I had to work New Year's weekend, but I called in sick. Well, no, I asked for sick leave for New Year's Day. And he said, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, I'm just kind of sick of being here. <laughs> so I got to stay up till midnight, New Year's Eve, and that was fun. But the first text I got that said, Happy New Year was you. Yeah. Because we weren't together. You had yeah. a party and you didn't invite me. Yeah. It's a young person's Sorry. party. I get it. <laughs> so my first text came through for Happy New Year. And what did it say? I'm engaged. Yay. Yeah. My boyfriend... I guess my fiance. Fiance. Uh, fiance. You better say it now because you won't be able to say it for much longer. That's the time you need to. That's the time you need to cherish when you can call uh-huh. him your fiance. Yeah, that's cute. Mm-hmm. That's cute as hell. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, um, yeah, at midnight, he looked at me and he said, I don't want to spend another year without you. So I won't. And he got on his knee and he pulled out that ring in front of all our friends. And not in front of your mom, not in front of my mom, (laughs) in front of all your friends and everybody. He almost, I I saw the video and it's like he almost choked up a little bit. He did. He was, I just looked over, the ball had dropped and I'm pouring champagne, being a good host. And I looked over him and I said, I think we're supposed to kiss. And I noticed that he was like sweating. Like, very profusely sweating. And I was like, that's weird. And that's when he, you know, said, I just can't see another year without you. Yeah. So it Down was on a, one knee. It was a dream. It was definitely something I look forward to. We've been together for, you know, over five years now. Mm-hmm. So um, we've been through a lot of ups and downs and really grown together. So it's super exciting to get to just marry somebody who makes me so happy. Marry your best friend. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I mean, really, like, I just like, am so excited to like spend days with him. And I know that like, because you just like doing regular things together. Yeah. I just like being with him and spending time with him. Like he's my best friend. And now we get the next few months to 
Plan a wedding. Oh, God. Plan a wedding. And I'm not going to be involved until I'm asked. No, no, no. I until actually, I'm asked. You and my best friend, you guys just need to do it for me because I couldn't care less. You know, I, I just kinda, don't care. I kind of said the same thing I to Bo. Really That's what was going to happen. And he said, until you do something she doesn't want. And then she's going to be right in there telling you, no. Hey, as long as we keep it under our budget, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to be happy with whatever you got. You pick, you know, I think Robert wants to wear a purple tuxedo and nice. frilly, the 80s nice. frilly stuff. That's what he wants. And I can't turn that down. So. If that's a, I, I did say that to Nanny today on the drive home. We went and got pedicures and manicures today together to get ready for this episode. But um, on the way home, I said to her, Robert's going to say... I want this, mm-hmm. or I want that one thing. He's going to say, one, I, I want to wear tennis shoes, and you can do everything else. Mm-hmm. Or I want to not wear a tux, and you you can do everything else. I said, he's going to have one thing it's that, that he's going to ask for. It is that purple tux that his girlfriend <laughs> in high school did not let him wear to prom. <laughs> Well, you get to fulfill said, the dream. Okay, you can, you know, wear whatever the hell you want. I'm going to wear what I want. You so. get to fulfill the dream. You know, obviously we're not very traditional around here. Um, so it's we're going to be a great gonna, party. Oh, yeah. We're definitely just going to make it our own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to put a lot of stress into it because I see a lot of people like, uh, you know, when I was going through nursing school, I feel like every other girl was getting married. Mm-hmm. And so um, watching them go through the stress of like, planning a wedding and oh my god they were like bitching about the flowers or whatever and I was like oh my god I could not care less oh it's stressful I just can't I just couldn't care less I the only thing I want in my wedding is Robert you know is that you right I that's all that you need at your wedding so everything else is just icing on the cake it feels like the more you put in the wedding the less there's a point. Care. There's a yeah. there's a point where the the tipping point where the stress overtakes the joy. I don't want that. And at you don't all. want. I don't want to get anywhere near there. You want to have the high maximum joy, low stress. Yeah. But but the more you get into stuff and it goes here and then all of a sudden the stress it's like, is it even more worth than the joy anymore? exactly. And I, I look forward to it. I look forward to. I told her the first thing you got to do is get your guest list together because I guarantee you, you have no idea how many people you're going to need to invite or want to invite. That's crazy because when I close my eyes and picture it, I you know I just Ooh, let's picture- have ten people there. Yeah, let's have twenty yeah, people, yeah, yeah. honey. We we can spit and hit twenty people that we would need to invite to the wedding much less the ones you want to invite to the right wedding, the so. people i really care about being there because i don't want the wedding to turn into something that's um you know for I'm, everybody else and not for you yeah mm-hmm. it's for me you know i want to have fun that's you know right. i don't want to be worried about everybody else well you need to re- so i don't want to be worried oh is this party too wild for this you know set of the family mm-hmm. you know um, I just want to make it very clear going in that it's for me and Robert. And If you want to be there to help us celebrate, then be there. Yeah, you're welcome to come. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think you need to reconsider that notion that I was going to make your wedding dress because that might be a little scary. <laughs> okay, Mom, if y'all don't know, Mom has like a craft page and she like, well, her craft page, she made like a bunch of Christmas decorations, but she's got a sewing machine and she makes clothes. And I was like, oh man, I really want my mom to make my wedding dress. And I could. I'd make a valiant effort. 
But we'd get, you know, two weeks before the wedding and I would be, I think this needs to change. And I would change it and it would be unrecoverable. I'd mess something up because I'm just not good enough. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still playing. Some things are successful and some things aren't. You want me to get that sweater out that you really, really like with the with the tail where I cut it in half? And No, you don't want me to get that out. And we don't want a wedding dress fiasco like that. So uh-uh. we'll figure something out. Yeah. We will. Well, I, I had some big news yeah. going into New Year's Day. Well, I don't know if it was New Year's Day because it was a day that I... It was New Year's Eve because I called you to tell you I was engaged. Well, you know, it was New Year's Mm -hmm. Day right after the the midnight line. But um, I called to tell you I was engaged and you had this amazing news. So why don't you tell everybody... um, About the Morbid Podcast? Yes, about shout out. Well, my my daily routine at 4.30 in the morning is to get up, play Wordle, look at Instagram and TikTok. And Instagram I signed on to, and there was a message from someone that said, I just heard Morbid, and they mentioned your podcast because you're on listener tale number 63. Yes, and for those of you who don't know, Morbid is a a really good true crime podcast that me and her both love. Ghost stories, too. My mom wrote them a listener tale. Yeah. Because they read um every stories. Friday they have listener tales. So So they read stories where their listeners send them in ghost encounters and like I encountered a murderer. I was almost kidnapped, mm-hmm. you know, those close call kind of stories. Morbid, that's the name of it. It's awesome. You should listen to it. That's what we're kind of trying to emulate here mm-hmm. that back and forth just to be real down to earth about everything that we're doing. Cause you know, it's not easy to talk about this kind of stuff, but it was really good to hear that really good to read that because within the next day we had our first email. Mm-hmm. We had our first email that came to the show surviving on wine and cuss words Because we know it's out there. We know there are people out there. We know there are people out there that are listening that relate, but they don't really reach out. And we had one that did. And I asked her, I I responded, and we'd gone back and forth a little bit to make sure that I could read it and make sure that I could mention her name and those kinds of things. And she said, absolutely. So I'm going to look it up and I'm going to read it. Okay. As our first listener email yay i'm so excited i I love hearing this feedback because there's nothing more bonding than to know you know there are other people out there and that that somebody really really listens really cares really appreciates and and i've said it all along if just one person got something from this podcast and all the work that we do all the work that you do on the editing because i don't do that stuff that is not my thing it's worth it. And there uh, it was. Right now, this is it. This was the worth. This was worth everything. Yep. And, and so, now we're uh, just skating this is, on. This will be our last episode. We're going to pack it up. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we're I mean. We're done. We're done. I mean, we I mean, did we've, our job. we've already been successful. So we're going to continue. But we've been successful because we touched this person. Mm-hmm. So well, I will read it. All right. Hi, ladies. I heard your story on Morbid and they mentioned your podcast. So I decided to give it a go. Wow, I am hooked. And I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. 
I know talking about this isn't the easiest. I too am a survivor of sexual assault. The first episode was almost exactly how I told my mom about the abuse. It took me years to finally say something. I started reading The Courage to Heal as well, which is something that we have talked about on this show a lot. My therapist recommended it to me, and I have recommended it to my friend. The healing process has been one of the most difficult things I have endured, and till this day, it is an everyday battle. I have been diagnosed with depression and anxiety, and I'm taking medication, something I didn't want to do, but with the help of my wonderful husband, parents, and in-laws, I decided I needed to take charge. I own my story, and I consider myself a badass for being able to get up every day and deal with this. You are. You absolutely are. In one of your episodes, you mentioned how sometimes we disassociate, and we have to tell someone something, a memory. She said, this happens so often, and I'm lucky my support system hears me out. Thank you for your podcast. Wishing you both a great new year. And that is from Guadalupe. Oh. Guadalupe. And she said she recommended it to a friend. In further conversation with her, she said her friend was a survivor as well. So that's two people, you know. I mean, that's two people. And and I think that's, you're not just a badass for getting up every day. Yeah. You're a badass because you have a husband who you described as a wonderful husband. Mm -hmm. You have not only survived, but thrive. Mm-hmm. You're a victor. Against you have a life. husband. You have a loving family. You didn't chase everybody in your family away, which is something that people tend to do. They want this self-fulfilling prophecy that everybody hates them, and you didn't do that. You And, and you're a badass because you have a therapist. You know you need help, and mm-hmm. instead of trying to do it yourself and killing yourself trying to do it, you reached out for help, and that is top-notch badassery. Yeah, that's how I mean, you, that's, that you know your worth. You know you know you need help, and you're worth it, and you did it. Complete badass. And I, I applaud you. We toast you. Yes. Surviving on wine and cuss words. Clink. We toast. toast. But we will also have... A new, you've encouraged us to set up this new visual for those that are on YouTube, and we will post it on Instagram too every time we get one. It's every time we get listener emails that say, basically, me too. Junie was cheering. The little puppy <laughs> had to shake. Sorry. That says, me too. Yeah. I'm a survivor. I appreciate what you're doing. Or you can say you hate what we're doing. Yeah. You're a survivor. You're still there. You're still a badass. Yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it. You know, what's so important about talking about what we talk about is the fact that it's so quiet. It's so hush-hush. But if you really saw how many people have experience and deal with this every day, like, I think it, it would, changes it, it, you. It, it changes. It changes you, which it, it this... This little cork puts me in the mind of two things that we've talked about. At CAC, at Children's Advocacy Center one year, they set out a pinwheel. Those little things from your childhood that you blow on and they spin around. They set out a pinwheel for every child that they helped that year. And the yard was full. Mm -hmm. One year, full of pinwheels. And that was very impactful. Plus the clothesline project. It got me thinking about this. You know, that's your shirt traveling around, which 
by the way, side note, I looked up the clothesline project and saw your shirt again there because it just made me think about it. And I read some others shirts. If you didn't, if you don't know what the clothesline project is, look it up. It's great. We talked about it in an episode earlier, but I want to use these corks on surviving online and cuss word as a visual. So every time someone tells us in whatever form in an email or a comment, me too, we're going to hang a cork. a cork on our little string back here. And eventually, unfortunately, we will have a lot of corks back there. Yeah, but, but you know, there, it'll be it's such a team. A, yeah. It, like, it, you're not alone. Visually, you know, all these people are here for you and all these people know what you go through and you are not alone. You have, you That's know, right. there's so many other people who deal with this and it can seem so isolating yeah. and so, lonely. It's it's just going to be something that we add to when you send us messages, when you send us the emails that that tell your stories, and we would be honored, honored to read your stories if you send them. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have some interaction with Guadalupe a little bit, and and she said unfortunately her abuser is is still living, so she is on the badass level living. So is. Yeah, I mean, living in the wild, living in the real yeah. world yeah. Um, with a wife and kids. So she has to deal with that. So that's badass on a different level. Yeah, we get up every day and check to see if he's still in prison. Yeah, you know, not every day, but but the 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 idea of, of potentially I don't know if they live in the same area or not, but the idea of potentially running into him, mm-hmm. you know, that's on a that's on a whole nother badass level that we haven't yet had to deal with because the day you told he went into custody the next morning and he hasn't been out right since then so with all of that let's just let's just say this is a great year this is going to be a great year they're going to bring great 2023 and that this whole podcast i wanted centered around telling our story i wanted centered around uh, resources and help, but I also didn't want to let go of the fact that this, this is a story with an extremely happy ending. Right. Even though we haven't ended, we're still going and we're growing every day. But look, you've got, you got engaged. Yes. We have, you know, some awesome new followers because of the shout out on Morbid. Yeah. Morbid shout out. I mean, you know, it's, and this is just the, what, fourth, fourth day of January. It's going to be an exceptional year yeah, with good things to come. I so agree. join us with any stories you want. I just want to add that up there. Yep. Cork for everybody that writes in. You're here with us. That's right. Okay. So our main topic today is we are going to focus on some warning signs that you might see in a child who's being sexually abused, as well as behavioral signs that you may see in an adult who is abusing children. That's so helpful. So we're going to kind of talk about both aspects of that as well as kind of things that I experienced or exhibited in my particular case. Um, so we are actually talking about young children in particular. So these aren't going to be your teens. Um, these are going to be more your adolescent, your young kids, um, all the way down to toddlers. Um, this information I'm getting from is from Rain. This is the... Um, Rape, Abuse, Incest, National Network, I believe. Um, Let me get that right. 
you, uh, you take all the time you need to get that right. Oh, uh, let me make sure that's correct. It is rain. We do know that for sure. Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure they're, they're a national organization that brings awareness to child abuse and any sort of domestic abuse and um, sexual abuse of any kind. Um, and they're, they're a really great resource. Um, so I'm just going to kind of read from their article and talk about what we kind of saw and experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first thing that we're going to get into is uh, physical signs. So there are some really, really obvious ones, ones that healthcare workers are tipped off to, and that's STIs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, children with STIs, um, that is pretty much a a confirmation that some sort of unwanted contact was initiated because, again, that's a child. They can't consent. You know, obviously, we're talking about young children here. You get into teenagers who it would be developmentally appropriate for them to be having sex. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be a different story. Right. But um, so, obviously, if there's any sort of redness, rash in the genital area, um, sores, uh, they complain Maybe urinary tract infections. They you know, that's of- kind of, that's, that's kind of iffy. It's kind of a, you had urinary tract infection at one point. And I'm I was trying very to think, young? Maybe not very young. You might have been adolescent. Will you yeah. continue with your stuff? I was just thinking, you know, because sometimes you can get that. But oh, then, I mean, yes, obviously you, these signs are not a sure confirmation. Or a one-off kind of thing. You, you, you. Combine them together, the, the, right. the, the more... These are just warning signs to look for. If you see any of these signs, obviously the next step is to talk to that child. Or ask, Sit yeah. down and talk to them. Have a direct conversation. Make sure they know that they can tell you anything, that they will be supported, that it's not their fault. Obviously, that would be what you go into next. But these are what to watch for if you're worried that a child in your life may be getting abused. Okay. Um, Another physical sign is just any sort of trauma to the genital area. So this is going to be your daycare worker that's changing diapers. This is going to be any healthcare worker out there who works with children as well as parents. Um, you can see bruising, unexplained bleeding, maybe blood on sheets, underwear, or clothing um, before they start their period. They may complain that it hurts when they sit down. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of trauma that they have experienced. So just, you know, definitely don't ignore that if it seems to be reoccurring. Um, so right. just look into that. Um, those are obviously <laughs> the easiest to spot signs. Um, next thing we're going to get into is behavioral signs. Mm-hmm. So the first one that's listed here is excessive talk about or knowledge of sexual topics. So this is going to be... Um, what they shouldn't know yet. Right. Um, I want to say in like middle school, I always knew more than other kids. Mm-hmm. Like when it came to middle, like. They were still asking questions and they were you already asked, had the answers. Well, they were asking me, you know, um, so maybe that kid who like knows, um, mm-hmm. you know, more than they should, you know, very detailed um, uh, you have 
keeping secrets or not talking as much as usual. A kid that's been pressured to stay quiet will not really sure where that line is drawn. And get nervous that they might accidentally say something about right. it. So they get real quiet and uh, before we it. go any further, I'm sorry. I do just want to remind listeners that we are not experts. No, of course we're not. We're not licensed psychologists. I am a registered nurse, and this is my mom. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, right. all this knowledge that we're talking from is just from our experience, and then we're reading um, from a vetted resource. But uh, you know, anything we add is just. Um, what we've learned through our journey through our right like more of the things that she hits on you know we're going to touch on where she might have experienced it or i might have seen it and just not put the things together that's kind of where we're going so keeping secrets not talking as much as usual maybe you had like a bright bubbly kid and they have just turned around right you know, something has happened, something's happened in their life to bother them. And you might be thinking, you know, maybe they're coming into some mental health issues, experiencing some depression, but you know, there could be a cause under there as well. What something really, that they can't talk about. What really sucks, well, on so many levels, it sucks. But what really, one of the things that stands out when it's a child, like with you, mm-hmm. I was a first time mother of a daughter. I'd yeah. never had a kid. I'd never had a daughter. So you get to a particular age, 12 or 13, where you've heard all along, they're going to change. They're going to do a 360 mm-hmm. on you. Or they're going to do a 180 on you. And, and then all of a sudden they're going to be mean all the time. They're going to be, want to be by themselves all the time because they're growing up. Yeah. They're changing, they're challenging boundaries. So there was a lot of muddy water yeah. in our experience of that, because That's I remember thinking, what happened? She yeah. was just, now she's slamming her door. She's mad. She doesn't want me to come in there. And I'm frustrated thinking this is what adolescence is. Yeah. I, I even called my mom saying, was I this difficult with you? And of course she joked or dad joked and said, well, yeah, you were, of course you were. But you yeah. know, it's, it, those signs get mixed with your, your, your mm-hmm. children maturing or trying to mature and and test and ba- growing because they're always and, growing and you don't know because yeah. you're a first time parent or even if you're a fourth time parent you were never a parent to that child at that time so it's hard it's really hard which is why the lines of communication yeah always keep them open you know a little bit of a little bit of b you know mm-hmm. it's it can be harder again yeah. these are just warning signs you know take it situationally right um so not wanting to be left alone with certain people or being afraid to be away from primary caregivers, especially if this is new, especially if they were going off independently to sleepovers and now all of a sudden, you know, they don't want to go to that house anymore. Well, I think about, you know, where I'm going with this, my wedding. Oh God. Yeah. My wedding. I, I was, we got off the plane in San Francisco the day after the wedding, and you, and I this, was crying. This was before I told you. Oh, this yeah, was... this was way before, way before, I think. Yeah. And I, we were in the Uber going across the Bay Bridge, and I am in the back seat sobbing because there's so much drama happening. Because this week, you know, as, as I'm thinking, everything's just a, a bad divorce, but a split custody thing, and my husband 
and I just got married and we're going on our honeymoon. And, and so this week they're going to be with their dad. The kids are going to be with their dad all week. And Emily was, and my dad was so angry because my mom had gotten married and he was taking that out on me. So I was just like begging my mom. I was like, let me stay anywhere else. I really don't want to go to my dad's house, please. But none of this came up until I was in San Francisco, five hour flight away. And you know, it, it's like, I, there's well, you don't have to defend do to yourself. Help. No, I'm saying at that point, there was nothing I could do to help. I wanted so bad to be here for you and try to figure out what was going on because it was just, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to. And then I think, you know, is it, there's just that still just didn't enter my mind, mm-hmm. you know, and I've heard the stories about what happened when I left with you going to our friend's house and nanny and granddaddy getting involved and trying to come and get you. And you stayed with them for the week, didn't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. You didn't stay over there. And I didn't, I didn't pick it up. You know, I just picked it up as maybe you were upset that we got married and, and, you know, we'd have to deal with that and get back. But I didn't think that was a thing either because I thought you got along with oh, everybody. I was so fine. Excited. Yeah. You were smiling in the wedding pictures. I mean, you know, it was a pretty good day. I thought, but yeah, that was a sign that was probably missed that probably needed to be to be looked into more than it was but it was there that that was that at least one time you were going to be there for five days and i couldn't a week and because there was no escape you know it was you know i used to just be like man if i can just get through this weekend like it'll be okay but it was like five days and he was already so mad at me and I just knew all hell was going to break loose and there was nowhere for me to go. There was nowhere. Like I just, he was texting me that night. My dad, my wedding night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was mad. Very mad. He was texting you about where to pick us up or something like that. Y'all had gone off and ridiculous. We threw the rice and the bubbles and all that. Yeah, but that that is definitely something that could be considered a sign that yeah. you just need to ask more questions about. All right. Um, regressive behavior or resuming behaviors that they had grown out of, um, such as thumb sucking or bedwetting. Mm-hmm. So behavioral regressive behaviors. They have grown out of this. They're potty trained. They've gone back to not being potty trained. Um, you know, any kind of coping mechanism where they 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 will revert mm-hmm. in behavior yeah that's nightmares dreams and things like that if if a child didn't have them that could be regression too yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um overly compliant behavior a child will just do whatever you say immediately that may be a sign that they're being harmed whenever they speak out or act out against mm-hmm. um, or are told you know you're going to get in trouble or you're going to this something bad's going to happen to you or somebody you love yeah if you act out right so you just go along with everything yep um, sexual behavior that is inappropriate for the child's age. This kind of connects to the excessive talk or knowledge about sexual topics. This is something that developmentally it wouldn't be appropriate for them to know, for them um, to talk about. So all of a sudden they're hyper fixated on um, sexual things that aren't normal for kids their age. For that age, right. Or 
gesturing. You know, I can think about boys when I was in elementary school, you know, maybe gesturing things. And I'm like, what are they doing? And it's obvious now that it was some gesture to their genitals. You know, I didn't know that kind of thing. I was yeah. innocent and, you know, maybe that could have been a sign. Yeah. You just never know. Right. Well, you know, and like, like we said, it's just, you know, any one of these signs may not be a definitive um, no, evidence, no, but definitely of course, not. something to always ask about. Mm-hmm. Um, spending an unusual amount of time alone. So you have a kid who's self-isolating. That just goes back to any human being's coping mechanism mm-hmm. for something like this. You know, it's it's really not that different behavior-wise that you might see from an adult who's experienced sexual abuse in their adulthood. Right. You know? I don't want to be with anybody else. A part of your innocence gets broken no matter when it happens. Oh, yeah. You know? Your trust, all of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a a big thing. And you can just want to run away and not not ever see another human being again. Like I said with you and your brother in the beginning. Right. I could just leave and it'd be the three of us and I'd be happy for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um... And then the last one was uh, trying to avoid removing clothes to change or bathe. Um, that's a big sign I see that foster parents will often talk about is a like a kid really acting out. Like maybe if you're trying to take their clothes off to get them bathed, mm-hmm. you're a stranger. Um, you ever see, have you ever seen like any, any behavior like that? Was there ever? No. I mean, well, then again, the the timing of this. Yeah, I'm know, also becoming a teenager. You're becoming so. a a woman. You're about to start your period, and you are going into these things that I would have expected you to be embarrassed. Right. Mom. I think I kind of almost leaned more into the like hypersexual behavior. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, I maybe feel like a little that. more sexual I used when to, I was younger. I talk about, and I don't think it's right to body shame or. Uh, dress clothing shame or makeup shame or anything i do not i think everybody to each his own but my 12 year old went from you know shorts and a t-shirt to mini skirt and it was like an overnight thing and Mm -hmm. i used to have a problem with it with you and you know there's no excuse and for rape or abuse. There's right. no excuse. I don't care if she had a miniskirt on. I don't care if she was streaking across the football field or he was streaking across the football field. There's no excuse mm-hmm. for rape or abuse. But there are certain times when I'm trying to deal with my first daughter in what's appropriate on a playground. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're going to wear a miniskirt because you're still in recess. Mm-hmm. You're going to wear a miniskirt and fall down and then the miniskirt's going to go over your head and then the, somebody's going to laugh at you and then it's just going to be a thing and I have a mind that goes to worst case scenario. So yeah, you went from just a sweet elementary school kid to, oh yeah, I believe, I believe that's a road you went down and I just thought, here we are again, this adolescent thing and she's trying to test the boundaries it's what mm-hmm. i always read you know because you're i'm always thinking about how am i gonna be a better mom back in the day i don't want to screw these kids up you know and 
And it was, they're going to test their boundaries. Mm -hmm. They're going to test their boundaries. And so I just kept thinking that. Well, she's testing me now. She's got that skirt on that I told her not to wear to school. She's put makeup on again. And we told her she couldn't wear makeup till she was 13. And Mm -hmm. she's 11. And she's in there with blue eyeliner on like a clown. And she's going to think I think she's ugly. So many things in my mind. So, yeah, I'd say that's a road you went down. Yeah. As opposed to reverting and being alone, I think you went down that road. Now, looking back. Okay. So, um, moving on to emotional signs. Um, Some emotional signs you may see in your child or a child in your life is a change in eating habits. Maybe they're... I see a, like a lot of eating disorders. Um, oftentimes mm-hmm. people will like not eat at all. Anorexia is all about control. Um, them wanting to get control of the situation. And then you've got like binge eaters who like have this mind that like, if I just eat and I like get big, maybe he won't bother me. Maybe he won't like you. Yeah. You know, or even the throwing through. up part of it. If he sees that I'm throwing up, maybe he won't bother me. He yeah. won't bother me. So, um, change in mood or personality, such as increased aggression. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah. Um, decrease in confidence or self-image. Of course. I mean, yeah, I definitely experienced that personally, quietly, even if you know I didn't say it, but. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, is that just part of getting older and becoming a teenager or was it even more played out? But I'll tell you one thing, you know, my dad would make um, comments about my body all the time. Good or bad? I like mean, like both, like both, like I don't mean good or bad. I mean, all right, bad, positive but... or negative. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, both, because, you know, he might say something like, you know, your legs look good, but if you get let them get any bigger, mm-hmm. you know, mm. you'll be ugly like your mom. I mean, see, that's already starting eating disorders right mm-hmm. there. But and that's so control. Really so all of a sudden you're trying to keep them skinny for him. Yeah. So he doesn't get upset with you. Right. Um, excessive worry or feel fearfulness. I can see that. I got um, diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, depression and anxiety when I was 13, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and started on medication. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I definitely um, was very jumpy. One time mm-hmm. my mom came into my room and it scared the crap out of me. Uh, I jumped all the time. Mm-hmm. I was very just obvious, like just afraid. I was just had just an underlining fear i jump mm-hmm. i still jump people like at work will say my name and it'll scare the crap out of me i'm sitting at a nurse station yeah. people are gonna say my name it's crazy um i have the worry yeah i have the worry part of that yeah um increase in unexplained health problems such as stomach aches or headaches <laughs> yeah you had that yeah the stomach, I mean, you used to tell me, and it was still that, that time period where you were just turning into a, uh, you know, I say it with 
a grain of salt because we all know now in hindsight what was going on, but yeah. we all know I'm cool now. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, you know, you would, I'd get up and, and, and I already had to fight you to get you up in the morning or something, you know, and it was already starting off bad. And I would say, grab a pop tart or grab something for breakfast. And you would yell at me, well, no, my stomach hurts. If I do that, I'll throw up. And it was always a, gosh, you know, I wish we could figure out what's going on almost with the attitude coupled with those words like you wanted to because you didn't want to go to school. Mm -hmm. Like it was a teenage rebellion thing. And I just wanted to say, you can eat some Pop-Tarts. It's going to be fine. But it really wasn't. One day I made you eat and you threw up. You know, it, it's I just. I did a lot. I had stomach had issues stomach that issues. were tied to my anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know? And I know we tried. You got some diagnosis for some other things, but. Figuring out that they were tied to the anxiety um, is key. I, I I definitely do have IBS, and that's tied to depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. There's a high, high correlation between depression and anxiety and IBS. I bet. Um, but but so. figuring that out as opposed to just you have IBS. Right. You know, when you're smaller, if you take the kid to the doctor and they say, well, this is what they have, but it's... It's tying it to. It cracks me up because sometimes I'll be at work. You know, I'm a new nurse. Mm -hmm. I do have IBS and I'm happy to get on my IBS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a new nurse. So sometimes I get assignments and they stress me out. They make me nervous. You know, I'll be nervous about the people or I don't know how to do this. And right. and I'll go to the bathroom and I'll have like diarrhea. And I'm like, well, I know I'm nervous. <laughs> I know for sure I'm nervous. I get like nervous poops. Diarrhea makes you nervous. <laughs> No, other way around. Nervous makes you diarrhea. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. And it, it's like, I will, and it kills me because it's like, oh, I've got these hard patients, so I need to be out there doing stuff, and well, now I've got to be in the bathroom. Was that where you were headed the night you saw the guy? Was that a stomach issue? The night you saw the man pass away? Oh, yeah. Well, see, that's... Well, that he, wasn't that night. or That wasn't because of that. I okay. just was going to the bathroom. It wasn't, no, a, it wasn't yeah. an emergency. Because yeah. I thought you had said at one point you were headed to the bathroom, and then you went through all this with having to perform CPR and yeah. going through the whole thing. And then at the end of it, you still hadn't gone to the yeah. bathroom. And I was thinking as you no, were telling this normal. story... Okay, that was just a normal bathroom. You yeah. weren't really in an emergent situation. It wasn't my patient. I was actually still on orientation, so I was living easy street. Well, I, didn't, I, I didn't take patients by myself yet. You you didn't know but yeah you had stomach issues for sure yeah um okay so uh loss or decrease in interest in school activity and friends so i always used to say that school was my escape like i was so good at school because i like didn't have to worry about anything else if i was like diving into school like nobody bothered me like like, my dad wouldn't take me away from my schoolwork. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, he just wanted to take control of, like, my personal time. Right. But if I was working on school, I got to be alone. Yeah. You know? And I that's what I was about to say. I didn't see anything of you not wanting to go to school. I loved school. Yeah. And you loved friends. And I can see that, too. Like, you don't want to be alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Are we ever going to get into the fact that he had foreign exchange students we, we'll do that another time yeah that'll, that'll be another time but you know that 
that whole not wanting to be alone. You want to go to school. You want to escape. You know, that I saw that in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Nightmares or fear of being alone at night? So especially in young kids where maybe they haven't been um, afraid before, but now all of a sudden they're afraid at night. Yeah. I didn't see you much being afraid at night, but you were having, you had some nightmares. Oh, yeah. But sometimes you just chalk those things up to, she just started her period, or she just had a cycle, or whatever, you know, it's so crazy. Women and their periods, God, you know. I just wish, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a great list. It's a great list to think about, but I wish there was like the sign above your head that said, hey, ask me if I'm being, you know, take me to take me away from here and ask me if there's something wrong, you know, because yeah. there's so many signs that can be missed as something of else. Course. You know, it just sucks. Oh, the cat was in the closet. The cat, while we were doing this show, the cat came in, opened the closet, went in, and now I think she's Knocked pulled something down on her. I was like, what is that Great, noise? Good. Um, we're professionals here. Yeah, we are. Tell? We are. Um, we're really good at this. All right. And the last behavior we have are self-harm behaviors. Okay. It's cutting. Emily has burning. a beautiful tattoo on her leg to cover up the scars of the cutting that was happening. Yeah. That I I never saw. And I mean, I just, until it was... I think the CAC, when we were at Children's Advocacy Center, was the first time they mentioned it. And I said, cutting. And they told me, and then you showed me, you know. Alex had some, too. We both did. Yeah. That's definitely a... If a child is cutting, burning, self-harming, there's something. There is an issue there. That's an easy sign. There is an issue if you see that happening. You just don't know what. But a lot of people blame it on the child. Like, why are you doing this? Like, and a lot of children put it where you can't see it. Yeah, that's true. You're not going to see it. You know, you had it way high up on your thigh. I'm not going to tell you to pull your pants down or or lift your skirt up unless. I think I know, and I had no clue. Right. You know, I had no clue. If I thought I knew, then, yeah, I'd, I'd probably force you to let me see that whether or not you were cutting yourself, but I had no idea. I just had no idea. Yeah. And I would I cut that. myself, but I was bad at it. Yeah, it was more like sh- <laughs> deep scratches, but they left scars. But it was a lot of deep scratches. I'm sorry, that's not funny. You haven't like no. done any better if you cut yourself better, but like I wasn't I was I it was a- I remember my therapist asked me like why did you cut yourself? And I was like, I don't know. I just wanted like the hurt that was on the inside to show on the outside. Really? It that's wasn't what I felt. It wasn't about hurting myself. And it can be different for other people. Some people like self-harm to hurt themselves. Like, But for me, it was just like, I want like a visual outlet on my body of like what is going on inside. Was there any part of you that wanted someone to ask? Oh, every you bit of me. You wanted someone to yeah. ask what's that and yeah. why is it there? Yeah. yeah. So that was a, a cry for for help. Yeah. Not for, for attention. attention I but mean, it it's was. a cry for help. Yeah. And... When you're crying for help, 
you don't necessarily want to cut to the bone, you know? Yeah. It's just, let me visually show there's something wrong. It's just like when people talk about, oh, they're just, they just faked that suicide attempt because they were, they were just wanting attention. Well, yeah. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I don't care if you intended to do it or not. If if you tried it, something's wrong. And you are asking for attention. You are asking for help. And why do we shame people for that? I don't. I won't. So, yeah. So there was part of you that wanted somebody to ask you about them. So, um, the last little bit that they say in this article is to trust your gut and don't ignore feelings if you feel like something is off. If a child tells you that someone makes you uncomfortable, even if you can't tell them anything specific, you should listen to them. That's right. The most important part of this is to watch out for sudden behavior changes in a child. Um, well, the STIs, you know, that's yeah, that's in your face too, but... Mm. I'd say there are, are several of those that put together I'd be I'd be taking my grandchild or, or somebody that I know now off asking questions. There there are some good signs to look for in there. Okay. So the next list we're gonna go through, which I think is maybe arguably more important. Should is... we put it for another one or you wanna go through it now? We'll go through it now. It's right. just a, um, not as uh, expansive of a list. Is oh. signs that an adult may be hurting a child. Yes. So this this could be as equally important, especially if you are in a profession that works with children. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should definitely watch for this um, amongst coworkers, amongst um, people who are alone with children, because. You know, it is true. Like, a lot of times, abusers will get those jobs of positions of power over children. For that reason. Right. Um, so, be cautious of adults who spend time with children and exhibit the following behaviors. Um, does not respect boundaries or listen when someone tells them no. Okay. Like. Like, even another adult. Like. I guess. Yeah, even another adult or like you like maybe he's like tickling a kid mm-hmm. and the kid's like get off of me and he's like, "Well, I'm just tickling." You. Right, like, you know right. what I mean? But like I asked you not to touch me or like you know, mm-hmm. that engages in touching a child or a child's parent or guardian um or child's parent or guardian have indicated it's unwanted engage okay so a child's like no i don't want to hug and he's like oh come on right um when they force the hug or force the kiss right give me a kiss and the child says no and or or the child's acting really shy and 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 the mom says you know he really doesn't want you to touch him but he still crosses that boundary Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. um tries to be the child's friend rather than filling an adult role in the child's life Mm-hmm. So this was pretty, it's pretty it's close a to a lot for years. Yeah. 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 He wanted to like be cool with, like he drank with me. We did drugs mm-hmm. together. Like, yeah. Um, Trying to be more your friend. I mean, he talked many times about how if he were your age. Yeah. You know, y'all would be boyfriend, girlfriend, or 
you know. Yeah. It would be so nice if you could be, and that's yeah. just sick. Um, the next sign is does not seem to have an to have age appropriate relationships. Spends all their time with younger, or yeah, or uh, maybe like engaging in behaviors that are not age appropriate relationships, like the jealousy text mm-hmm. he was sending me, like when I was thirteen. Um, talks with children about their personal problems or relationships trying to get them to so for me my dad would like that was the he would take me on like long drives or like out on the boat to like talk about y'all's divorce mm-hmm. and, and he would be like listen i just want to confide in you about me and your mom's divorce like i know she's your mom but i just like need someone to talk to about this like acting like i'm their friend when this was like my dad mm-hmm. you know what i mean um, and really telling horrible lies Right. Which also led to a whole bunch of shit between us that shouldn't right. have been there. Um, spends time alone with children outside the role, their role in the child's life, or makes up excuses to be alone with the child. So, mm-hmm. if this person, say this person in your life is supposed to be like your basketball coach, but now all of a sudden they're taking you to get ice cream, um... They're spending, they're coming, they're coming up with, yeah, some sort of reason that y'all should be alone. You know, for me, the classic example comes up, um, um, coming up with the nights that me and Alex would be alone at my dad's house when we shifted the custody schedule where Alex would go on Friday. We would both would go on Saturday Mm -hmm. and and I would go alone on Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he definitely, like, told us to, like, go for that. He's like, you guys are just, like, fighting so much. We, like, bickered. But mm-hmm. he, like, put it in our heads that we were, like, we were arguing so much and we need to have, like, separate days so we're not just, like, fighting the whole weekend because we just came over and fought with each other. So that was his idea. That was. He of put course it in it your head. Of course it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then I thought, well, that would be cool. Because mm-hmm. then I don't have my baby brother, like, getting in the way when I'm trying to do, like, cool stuff with my dad. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Um, expresses unusual interest in the child's sexual development, such as commenting on sexual characteristics or sexualizing normal behaviors. Which makes it a little more confusing when it is your father mm-hmm. as opposed to your basketball coach that mm-hmm. would be super weird for a basketball coach mm-hmm. or a preacher or a, you know best friend's neighbor but for your dad there's a level in there where they could ask begin to ask just to see you know it wouldn't cross it Right at the beginning, necessarily, into that line of, are you thinking something weird? Because it's your dad. So your dad may say, you know, there's nothing wrong with being naked. Yeah. You know, naked is naked. And, and some people say naked. and But that was uh, an ulterior motive with him. But to the, the commoner, you know, that's just somebody's belief. And they're just teaching their child that that's their belief. Right. Initially, without going any further. Okay. Well, 
this episode's getting long, so we should probably oh. speed run the rest of this. Sorry. Um, so our last few signs are giving a child gifts without occasion or reason. Mm-hmm. Obviously trying to gain like the child's approval or attention. Um, spends a lot of time with the child or another child you know. Uh, with your child or another child you know. And restricts a child's <laughs> access to other adults. So well, obviously this is all about isolation mm-hmm. and power. He didn't restrict, he didn't necessarily restrict you from, he restricted you from other kids. From other friends. He just wanted the isolation. Yeah. He wanted you all to himself, no competition at all. Yeah. No family, no friends, no nothing. Well, restricting me from seeing my friends is restricting me from other adults, if you think about it. Because, yeah. like, that's less chance. If I had, like, you know, like a true, like, best friend growing up, then you would have the mother and ask yeah, him what's going people. on. Right, right. You, yeah. you keep them away from adults. Nobody can ask any questions. Exactly. That's the way I've, I've been treated that way before. Mm-hmm. I, I got lost from this world for a while. Um, being being kind of, uh, mm, you don't need to go over there. You don't need to go over there. And all of a sudden it was just me all the time. It was just, he was the only one I ever saw. Who? An ex. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying I've been through that. Yeah. Isolation mm-hmm. from my parents to my friends to, you know, that it was just his family. And all of a sudden we weren't seeing his family. And then I looked up one day and it was just me and him. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. It's over. But people are weird. Yeah. Yeah. These people are weird for sure. I mean, these people, like the people we read about, the people, oh, the perpetrators. They're right. weird. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I, 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 too, I too think perpetrators are weird. Yes. I'm thinking about this. Um, I, I am going to and... read this quote and we'll mm-hmm. go ahead and wrap up this episode. Okay. Um, this is a quote by Lisa. As it started to settle in, I replayed in my mind, how could this happen? I had so much shame, so much guilt for what I, for that I had brought this man into my house to molest my child. What kind of mother am I? She's the mother of a survivor and a member of Rain. Um, the guilt and shame were, d- were defeating, um, but at the same time, I knew I had to do something that was necessary for my daughter. I get that. So, like, you know. But I didn't let go of my own guilt. You let me let go of my guilt. Yeah. So, again, this is from Rain's website, rain.org, um, slash articles, slash warning signs young children um if you like this episode let me know if you kind of like this um structure i really enjoy talking about this about what i experienced um i know that it is different for everybody but i also know that like for me when i was going through healing like it was so nice to read about something and be like yes that's how i felt that's what i thought Mm -hmm. um and so i'm just trying to share like what i was going through and like what I experienced um, just from my perspective, which obviously is not all encompassing. Right. And, you know, if you have any other ideas or any questions or anything that you think would be a good topic, let us know that too, because. Yes. So um, as always, we have our website, surviving on wine and cusswords.com. We've got our uh, Gmail surviving on wine and cusswords at gmail.com. 
Um, please send us your stories. We are so excited to add more quirks to this and That's to right. feel like I just feel like all the love and support. And I'm so glad that I get to talk about something that used to just feel so daunting to even like think think about, about. yeah, yeah. Much and less so talk about talk it. about and then for that to like literally positively impact anybody like it's it's just really awesome so um take your meds That's um right. and we have instagram too where you can get we're gonna update every time we post a show yeah. so if you go to surviving on one and cuss words on Instagram, you'll see us too. Yes, we'll put we've little, been bad about posting. We've been bad about posting through the Christmas holiday, but we're not professionals. Yeah. We're trying to do this when our swing shift schedule life allows. And that's true. That's the best we can do. And you told me a couple of weeks ago to give myself a break and I'm giving myself We're a giving break. ourselves a break. But if you're enjoying listening, of course, um, just leave comments, leave likes, tell your friends, even though it's kind of a weird thing to tell your friends about i guess but pass it on like guadalupe did she told her friend yeah if you know somebody who's struggling heal. like mm-hmm. just send it to them like we're here for you guys i'm so excited um to keep talking about this and we can really like we can destigmatize this i think so like i mean can... because you're getting married I'm you're getting married. a you're a college graduate with two bachelor's degrees you're getting married that's a success story yeah we can continue to talk about this because it's a success story and you're able to talk about it and that's what matters and it makes you feel good too and and it might just make you out there anybody that's thinking about telling their story feel good too yeah just to get it off your chest we won't let me say we will not just automatically read any stories that come in on that email either I got permission to read that one this morning. So if you just want to send us a story just to tell us a story, we are not automatically going to pop on this podcast and start reading it and and giving information out. Absolutely not. That is only at your request if you want us to share it with other people. All right. Anything else? Any other updates? No. Happy New Year. Yes. Happy New Year. Have a wonderful New Year. Again, stick um, with us. Check out our resources. um, YouTube. Stay stay in touch. Uh, We'll be posting in a couple more weeks. A couple weeks. (laughs) Um, All right. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Another episode. Junie sat down for the first time this entire podcast right now.